Well, we're continuing on in our communion meditations by looking at the shorter catechism. And uh, there are two today, if you look in your bulletin. Uh, we're going to just briefly look at question 40 and, uh, and a- question and answer 40 and 41. And number 40 says, What did God at first reveal to man for the rule of his obedience? The rule which God at first revealed to man for his obedience was the moral law. Question 41, where is the moral law summarily comprehended? The moral law is summarily comprehended in the Ten Commandments. So what did God at first reveal to man for the rule of his obedience? Now, the rule, what he's talking about here is, you know, how do you measure your obedience? I mean, there's a rule, there's a standard. And in the beginning, Adam knew the moral law, according to Romans 2, uh, 14 and 15. Uh, he didn't know it in the form that God gave it to Moses which we have now, that God gave to Moses on Mount Sinai. But Adam had a knowledge of it, the substance of it anyway. Uh, But he broke the law first, followed by all of us. And he had the work of the law written on his heart, on his conscience, and uh, that rule of obedience that it's talking about here. So he uh, and all of us have uh, no excuse, according to Romans 1.20. We have no excuse because the law was written on our hearts and on our consciences, and it testifies against our evil deeds. So we have the law. We have the rule or, or the measure of our, uh, for our conscience, for our, uh, of our, our obedience, summarized clearly in the Ten Commandments. Now, this word rule has to do with standards, like I mentioned. It, there's guidelines and boundaries that we live by in order to live in an orderly system. And I looked up a definition. The shortest one uh, was something like uh, it's a, a rule means it's a principle or a regulation governing conduct. So we need our gon- conduct uh, to be governed. And uh, so I got to thinking of three kinds of rule. First of all, self-rule. And uh, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, we must individually learn and comprehend and obey God's moral laws, the rule of our obedience. Uh, without it, we have anarchy, basically, in our, in our life and in our heart. In uh, Proverbs 25, it says, whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. And back then, in those times, if you were a city without walls and your walls are broken down you are extremely vulnerable to attack and destruction and so is a person without uh, the guidance of the moral law and the power of the holy spirit to keep it now the enemy would have a field day in attacking a person in that situation so we are not made to be autonomous we are made to be theonomous uh, by that i mean subject to the law of god which is also by the way the law of liberty secondly family rule you know, God's called the husband and the wife to establish the rule of their home, and the husband or the father uh, has the authority and the responsibility to uphold them in love. And without the rule of God's moral law in the family, we have potentially anarchy in our family. And anarchy leads to chaos. And by chaos, I don't mean a messy house. Uh, if you want an example of chaos, you should come look in my garage, uh, because I don't know who's ruling there anymore, but... Uh, that's a good example of chaos. But by chaos, you know, chaos in the authority structure or the discipline of the home, uh, in the moral leadership of that home, leads to broken relationships. It leads to dangers uh, for each individual in the family. In 1 Timothy 5.8, it says, But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Now, husbands and fathers are responsible to provide financially, uh, of course, to support the family, but also in a general sense uh, with their wives, they are to establish and maintain a system of rule in the home. 
which reflects the order and the glory of God. And that rule must be based on the moral law of God. Outside of that, rule can become all sorts of things. It can become selfish. It can become weak, certainly. It can become autocratic. Uh, and at the least, it will be ineffective. So it might become based on somebody's opinion or, or on their own desires, uh, but not on God's authoritative and effective law. And God's law is effective. God's law works if you obey. Uh, number three, the rule of law of our country is the Constitution. Now, I, I realize it's kind of being selectively uh, understood uh, and kept uh, with the natural consequences of that. Uh, and so without the rule of law based on the Ten Commandments, our country or any country will eventually devolve into uh, anarchy or, of one, or one kind of rule uh, that is not uh, of God such as oligarchy, you know, you have groups of people, uh, families maybe, uh, prominent groups who have control. Uh, it could be socialism or tyranny or despotism. It could be mob rule, I suppose, or totalitarianism. It can devolve into any of those. In Judges 17, it says, In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And so Israel decayed, it became weak, and uh, they were subject to the attack of their enemies as we are, as individuals and as families and uh, as a society, if we do what, what is right in our own eyes. So self-rule and family rule and civic rule should be based on God's rule, God's moral law. And we must rule ourselves by it. Our families should be guided by it and our society should be seeking to apply it at, at all levels. And this is an absolute rule from the living God, which we should obey given to us by his grace, and uh, we ignore it at our peril. So the law drives us to Christ to be saved, because we can't keep it. We know we can't. And then Christ brings us back to the law because we are saved. And it's applicable today. We should be living it. God's command, commandments are a rule and a standard by which we must live, and by which we know if we are obeying the living God or not. The Pharisees liked adding man-made rules. They did that a lot. But in God's mercy... He gave us clear and absolute truth based on his character, which pleases him and protects us. And if we guide ourselves by them, we can enjoy him, and we will uh, he will bless us, and we will enjoy that blessing. I'd like to conclude by reading Joshua 1, 6 through 8. And the Lord was speaking to Joshua before they entered the promised land. He said, Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide in, as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left. He's saying, don't deviate from this at all. You keep on that path. It's the only safe way. So do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may, be, may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. We come to the table of the Lord now by his grace as forgiven lawbreakers, empowered now to be law keepers. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you for your mercy and your kindness in revealing your will through your law. We praise you for showing us that we are sinners through your law and for saving us by the only one who could keep it perfectly, our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, may we love your law more and more and obey it joyfully for the glory of your name. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.